0: You are Locked On Browns Daily Podcast. Follow the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use verbal code Locked On and you will get 50% off your order. Uh, Built Bar is looking to contribute some money to some significant causes here in the United States and for right now take advantage of a great deal using the promo code locked on get fifty percent off uh when you go to billbar use the promo code locked on um hope everybody had a great father's day I just did that yesterday um good day for me um difficult in the fact that you know it's you know continuing here in the first um for first father's day without you know my father here um not that we Usually did much on Father's Day. My old man's salvation was his boat. That's what he liked to do with his free time. Um, that's what he went and did. Um, so um, a little bit different in that respect. But, you know, um, if they're still here, cherish the living daylights out of them. Um, you don't get those memories back, uh, everybody. And you just try to make the you know the best of it. Enjoy the time while they're here. Because uh, you know, sometimes, sadly, quickly, you, you never exactly know when the end is going to be, so to speak, here. Speaking of not knowing when things are going to an end, um, we will heck, we got Pete Smith with us here from SI.com. Uh, Pete, looking at the numbers here and now looking at these teams where they still tried to do the, you know, the, the individual camp where players got together, you know, we haven't heard anything about the Browns get togethers in Texas, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe somebody ended up getting ill from that. Maybe some, somebody didn't hear, um, but you've seen, The numbers, they're not, they're rising within NFL organizations. And here we are, which should be about five and a half weeks till we're starting to talk about opening up NFL training camps. And I think we're in more of an awkward pause as whether or not we feel we're going to see NFL training camp, uh, you know, start on time right now, probably more than we've ever been Pete. Um,
1: So when it comes to the NFL, the problem you're running into is, you know, these are people sort of out in the wild who are getting sick. It's not anything that is sort of a team or league uh held function. The only time only place that's happening is in college. And even then, you know, you're you're getting sort of some really bad results in programs down south, you're getting way better results. Up north, like Notre Dame, only had one out of 91 test positive for COVID-19. That's certainly uh, better. Uh, the, the question is, you know, what does it all mean, and how much of this should we sort of expect? Like, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a good idea to be of the impression that well, everybody's going to get it. We might as well get it over with because we don't know obviously it can be fatal and we don't know, you know, some of the damage it can do to people, whether they, you know, get through it or not. Um, At the same time, there's some level of sort of, it's going to happen as much as we don't want it to. and, And what impact is it going to have? So for the NFL right now, you know, you have Cowboys players, you have 49ers players, you have Texans players coming up positive and some other uh, specific players. But it's happening in June. Training camp is in, for another probably five weeks, assuming it starts on time. So it's hard to know what they can sort of do and what what, what is reasonable to sort of do this. The thing that um, I can't stress enough with this, and, and Kareem Hunt in his little conference call thing today, sort of touched on this. His attitude is not uncommon, which is basically, let me know when I need to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm nervous that my family will get it, but as long as there's football, I'm going to be there. Let's go. And I think uh, because it's the NFL, because careers are so much shorter, uh, you know, the vast, vast majority of players are going to be like, we're going to play period. Um and that's what's gonna happen. Oh, apparently Baker Mayfield's dead. Oh wait a minute, anyway, uh that uh <laughs> that uh, that's sort of where we're at is is what does an incidental amount of COVID nineteen really mean and what it impacts on the season and all that stuff. And you know, beyond that it's basically a national discussion of why are we still at this point where we're, we're getting worse. I mean, worldwide yesterday was the worst day um, for COVID-19 cases. And a a number of these states, I think well over half are going up in numbers. And that number is going up higher relative to uh, it's, it's going up at a higher rate than just testing. So that the idea that, well, that you're just testing more, you're finding more, it's not true. It's, People are actually getting sicker at a higher rate, and, and we need to be concerned about it, especially with the amount of uh, states they are now getting overrun in terms of ICUs uh, and that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, well, there was the, you know, everybody was trying to get prepared for it. in, you know, obviously here on the East Coast, it, it, it absolutely was just a juggernaut where they were behind the eight ball before it really even started to, you know, Before the numbers even hit, I mean, the numbers hit and they hit hard and they were just behind the eight ball there. There were plenty of opportunities for other states down south, Florida, Texas, for example, to be ahead of it. Look, Texas is out of room. Uh, they're out of room for in ICU rooms for these patients. Um, I just can't stress it enough. And look, I'm sure some of it is due to just complete just ignorance and just not wanting to deal with it anymore. Which, you know, look, when you make those decisions, you're just not affecting yourself. You're affecting People you don't know. And I understand for some, well, I don't care. Well, that's fine. But, you know, just you know, that label yourself as to what you are. You are somebody that's not caring about the common good. Um, you know, I am still wearing a mask here in New Jersey. They, we maybe can have restaurants slightly open on July 2nd. My family will not be there. I've told you many times throughout this process, I am not going to be anybody's guinea pig. My wife, my children, we are not going to be anyone's guinea pig. I will wait and see. We'll see the approach here. But it's going to be, it's going to be influential. And look, Kareem Hunt and he, what Kareem Hunt said today, and if you guys didn't check it out, check it out, because Kareem Hunt spoke pretty candidly on a a bunch of topics. And it was actually good to hear from him because it did sound like his head was in the right place as far as, you know, getting back to work. But the league itself, you know, these players can say it, but there's going to be people who are going to have to come down here. And look, it's not really, you look, I mean, there's no, anybody can get it. The effects you can have on anybody, we're still not even sure of that. But I mean, you know, you're talking about front office executives, you're talking about coaches here. These guys are 60 plus years old, you know, they have wives that they go home to. You know, who knows who's compromised as far as what pre existing conditions they have here. But you know, I'm starting to get more and more nervous about football starting on time. I was kind of pretty confident on it because the NFL is the freaking NFL, and a lot of it revolves around here. But look, I mean, we're nowhere closer on baseball. God knows what the hell's going on with basketball because a lot of people are saying, Well, what are we even signing up for um, at this point? But you know, just fingers crossed here. And it, folks, just be smart. Patience, patience, patience. If you don't want this to go on for another year and a half, then bite the freaking bullet for 90 days. It literally is just that simple here. We're going to get to the Jamal Adam saga and all that here. We'll get to that in a minute. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. We're actually, this is something we're kind of a little bit differing on the fence a little bit about here. So we'll get to all that in a minute here. Monday, Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd with Pete Smith. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all post donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockdownPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Bill bars are tasty, it's, it's it's a treat. Um, I know me and some of the other hosts, uh, you know, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, uh, you know, hosted Draft Dudes, they've become like hooked on these things. They're really, really good for you, and they just have really, really good taste. Uh, 16 amazing flavors, eight with chocolate and nut flavors, eight with uh, chocolate without nut flavors. So, if you're a nut free house, they can adhere to you in that way as well, obviously. Uh, the bars are 100% uh, covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for health. For a healthy conscious guy or gal, lose or maintain uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Um, just an example: the peanut butter brownie bar, uh, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams sugar, three grams net car. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 50% off. Like I told you guys, buy in bulk right now. Take this awesome advantage from the folks over at built bar the Jamal Adams saga and like the thing about this and I mean normally you'll get a quarterback after year three on a five-year deal where the chirping starts to get there for the new deal you know obviously there's the talks of Miles Garrett getting extended but there's there's a lot to this and we'll get to as far as you know the specifics of it and for me I, I just I, I you know to bring the player to Cleveland I'm not interested Pete for what he's Look, I want to go, I want to be traded, or I want my contract. Well, you know, to be traded, he would need a full physical. And this is not just some random guy off the street where it's a one-year, $1.5 million deal. You're trading for him with the expectations of giving him a monster contract. He has, to, He's going to have to get the full physical. You're not going to sign off on some third party here. All of this, I mean, look, whatever you want, Jamal Adams, can we at least talk about maybe getting into a football building before achieving this, because right now, I mean, it, it, from his point, it sounds like some crybaby crap. Um. So
1: it's, uh, Jamal Adams is the the battle he's picking makes all the sense in the world, and it's the worst time to do it. Um, it makes all the sense in the world because if you're looking at this landscape and you're saying one. You're looking at all this stuff going on, and you want to protect yourself. Two, if you're sitting there, or hearing about rumblings that the salary cap's going to go down, and you're not going to get that deal this year, and you're going to have to wait till next year, that deal might be worth less money, and you had to put your body at risk for it. Uh, the Jets basically saying, look. Well, this, this is how long we want to wait before we start making this this, this uh, next extension. We want to get it done, but we want to do it at this point uh, because we don't want to get into this of every contract only good for you know this long, and then we're going to have to renegotiate it uh, and set a bad precedent. Uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable, um, but and I don't know if it necessarily is whining or not, but it it's certainly um something that Jamal Adams seems to be using as a sticking point for a situation he already didn't appear happy to be in um it just seems like a way of saying. me you like your best
0: well the thing here and for me to even consider the fact of bringing him in into Cleveland um you look you've already got a quarterback potentially you're going to need to resign you have a corner you're potentially going to need to resign there's a the miles garrett which has already been put on the table that is something that they truly want to get to here do here you know to bring in Jamal adams now, you're going to have to trade for him, which, you know, if you can get the Jets to take a player or two, something along with a pick as well, that'd be fantastic. Most likely, the Jets are going to probably look for the investment and to say we want a first-round pick back for Jamal Adams, who was first-round pick and has performed as a first-round pick up until this point. That is quite all right and that, uh, uh, on their point. The, the Jets are, you know, I, I get it. I totally understand. Um, for Cleveland here, though, but now you are going to have to trade assets to bring in Jamal Adams. Um, you're still shaping up the secondary on the fly here. And it's that. my question is not the player. It's the investment of what you're going to have to pay Jamal Adams. It's going to be the fact that the capital that is invested, Pete, by the end of the day, if they were to make this work, if they were to make this move for Jamal Adams, they bring him into the fold with what they're going to pay him, with the assets they have to put in it, he becomes the most heavily invested player on their roster. And for what they've done here, you know, the first deal, you know, obviously, the first regular, first off season here for the new fr- uh, front office and the roster construction. What they put together, they've done a really, really nice job. So my my question is, is why just take and and look at some, you know, because you're going to lose some of your guys here, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of guys that are not gonna be extended. We've talked about we're not, you know, you don't even know whether or not Nick can be here long term. But you make this move for Jamal Adams, he automatically becomes with the contract extension the player you have the most invested to into in this roster. And for me, I just can't do it.
1: Okay. So I'll make the case for why I would do it because I'm often painted as somebody notoriously conservative when it comes to these things, uh, which is fine. Uh, This year, Jamal Adams is is scheduled to make $3.5 million. That's less than Terrence Mitchell. Um, You can make that move, add him into the mix not change a thing in terms of what you're doing for rollover cap next year, which is clearly something they want to do and have a ton of. Um, They can add him in, have him make $3.5 million this year, uh, put a star safety uh, that fits what they want to do defensively alongside Grant Delpit, which is where this thing's headed. Uh, Obviously Denzel Ward is in the secondary and Miles Garrett is your superstar. Miles Garrett's going to be your highest paid player. That deal is going to get done and be worth more the the difference is that with jamal adams is theoretically anyway next year he will be on that fifth year option number after that is when you introduce new money because next year he's going to get like something like 12 13 million or whatever whatever the the, the, whatever that figure is going to work out to be then you start talking about new money so now you are two years uh, of the investment, and let's say the, the reported required deal was at one point mentioned as a first and third round pick. I'm not sure the Browns aren't going to use a first round pick on a safety anyway. So you're basically saying, would I give up a third round pick to get a 24 year old superstar safety uh, in addition to a pick I might already be using? Obviously, the the, the money in the fa- it factors in itself. But if you're not paying him that astronomical contract till year three um of, of whatever it is when the salary cap will hopefully have rebounded and, and spiked the way it was supposed to and uh, you're going to have some contracts that are going to be sort of at the end of the line for example that year jarvis landry scheduled to make 16.6 million dollars i can't imagine they're going to want to pay him 16.6 million whether that means Uh, you know, coming to an agreement to reduce that figure or whatever. You're going to have Odell Beckham you have to sort out. Uh, You're going to have all these other things. So you could theoretically get Jamal Adams, if you sign that extension, below market value for when you're actually going to have to pay him more money. The other thing is I don't look at this as we need to win now in 2020. I, I look at this like I look at everything else. It's all geared toward 2021. The difference is, assuming we have a football season, you're going to have a year of Jamal Adams, Denzel Ward, uh, Grant Delpit, you know, whatever the other corner ends up being, whether that's Greedy Williams, Kevin Johnson, or some combination of those two, or it's going to be those next two guys. You're going to have Miles Garrett. You're going to have uh, hopefully a productive season of Larry Ogunjobi. You're still going to have Sheldon Richardson. You're still going to have last year, presumably, of Olivier Vernon, if nothing changes that. You have the rookie year of Uh, You know, your defensive lineman, uh, Jacob Elliott, or uh, Jordan Elliott, and then the linebackers are going to sort of get this. If it all works out, as you hope, you're not only going to be poised to make a Super Bowl run in 2021 and 2022, which is exactly what I think the Browns are trying to do. You're going to have, hopefully, a more comfortable defense. And we've talked about how uh, Joe Woods wants to play, shift to sort of a dime scheme more heavily than than nickel or some variation thereof where you're going to have a lot less linebackers on the field and and a lot more safeties. Jamal Adams gets you there in one step. You're you're into that dime look because he can do things like play linebacker. He can play strong safety. He can do some free safety stuff, but ultimately that's why you got Delpit. So for what Joe Woods is doing, and I think this is a key part of this whole equation, if not for Joe Woods, um, then I don't think this deal makes sense because there's so many teams that don't use a strong safety enough to make it worth it. And, and the Browns, perhaps when they had Kirksey and Schobert, it, it wouldn't have made sense. I didn't think it made sense at that point. But when you're trying to shift to where these linebackers are basically rookie deal guys where you're hopefully going to hit and go, and you're only in situations going to be using like one of them, then I think adding a guy like Jamal Adams can be a game changer uh, for, for what you're trying to do and, and speed up in a responsible amount of time uh, what you're trying to do in the same way that Odell Beckham should have been a responsible way. But whether it was Dorsey or some of these other people, they let uh, expectations get way too high. So to me, if the deal is for a first and a third or something along those lines, or if it's you know a first and a player – or whatever along the lines of what you did with Beckham then because of the way the money works and, it, and, and it's so unique that it fits to like this keyhole the Browns have in terms of what they're trying to do. So again, with that $3.5 million, they can still sign miles Garrett. They can extend Jamal Adams and they can still have a ton of money next year to try to make other moves or re-sign guys or whatever. Um, there's going to come to a head with where all this goes. But again, as I talked about, whether it's perhaps one of those receivers or some of the other contracts that are going kind to of come due at some point, you're going to have a young stud roster that might be screwed in terms of just the way circumstances work for 2020. But 2021, 2022
0: may be poised to go in a Super Bowl. It's, for me, it's a weird one to even listen to Pete give up Cap. I mean, to give up, I'm sorry, uh, you know, picks and things of this nature here. It's yeah, blown away even hearing this come out of his mouth. Um, but there's the two sides of it, um, you know, and here's one. I don't think Jamal Adams has any intention of coming here. Um, and part of the reason both Texas teams are on that list, um, the uh, no state income tax guys. So that makes the contract even a little bit more fatter. Um, but, you know, for Jamal Adams, yeah, I mean, you can chirp and cry and scream and all you want right now and you know, tell people in the streets that you're trying to come to Dallas, but For right now, you're going nowhere. And unless somebody blows the Jets away, you're going to play for the Jets in 2020. And then the chips will start to fall where they're going to fall for 2021. Well, I've got one more segment we'll get to here. Go ahead, sir.
1: Is it it really going to take that much to blow the Jets away? They're in the same boat as a lot of these teams where this is becoming a lost season. or, Or if it's not actually a lost season, where they're going to be just screwed in large part by circumstances, and they're already in a division where, yes, they'd love to take a massive step forward because the Patriots are sort of, you know, down, but everybody's sort of looking, at least we think, up at the Bills. Do the Jets just sort of want to, if they get a good offer, you know, that first and third or something along those lines, where they want to move on so they can try to get build up so they can be in position to take over. If they, they have, let's put it this way. They have to have an honest conversation with themselves. I don't think Jamal Adams is is long for the jets one way or the other, whether he plays this season or not. And I know they're going to take some sort of a hit uh, locally because he's their biggest star. But if he's not going to be there, what, what is their best path forward? So that's the other part. And I don't care if he wants to go to Dallas or anywhere else. I mean, if the if Browns can make the best offer and, and, and the amount of players on this team that can sell him on this whole LSU North thing, he's one of them, then, uh, you know, all let's put this, all the guys, all the teams on his list were either in the playoffs or at least had winning records. I think they were all in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, I know people are like, try, some people have suggested, well, this is a shot at Cleveland. I don't think it works that way. I just think they would have to make their sale to him and sort of set him up. But how hard would it be really to sell Jamal Adams on, Hey, here's Denzel Ward. Here's Miles Garrett. Here's all these LSU guys, you know, and they're all on this defense, this poised to do really, really good things. And, and I mentioned this before and I'm not super sold on Jadevian Clowney, but, an unintended, unintended consequence may be that Jadavian Clowney goes, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should be playing in Cleveland and signs that long-term deal and they move on from Vernon and they have another guy sort of locked up for the time being.
0: It creates an interesting scenario. Um, me, I'm just, I think I'm just more excited about the young guys. And you know, I would rather to continue to you know, have those first-round picks to hold for you know saving key spots where you're going to need people and you're going to need people that just you're not admit- going to have to pay
1: just admit you're sitting there and you don't want Jamal Adams because what you want is an, ob- an obnoxiously long last name who happens to play at Florida State, whether it's, the, whether it's the safety or it's one of those defensive linemen.
0: It could be one of those guys, but yes, but, but even still, you may need a defensive tackle next year. You may only have one on the roster, and you may be a rookie with one-year experience, and God knows how much experience he's actually getting this spot. But we got more to do here. Um, Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of vehicle makes, whether it's Fiat, Kia, or models, you know, Pacifica XT5, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions as is your Vengeance V6? Is your car an LX or is it an EX? And wait while the counterman orders through the parts in his computer, choosing to tell you that they do not have it in stock, and they will have to order it out. That's where you can go to Rock Auto. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at uh, at home and in your pocket, obviously, through your phone. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things, food, mortgage, vacation time, whatever. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or, ne- or a new car dealership. Um, Randall example, you know you can spend up to $216 for a part through rockauto.com that you could actually pay almost $375 for at a dealership. Then you've also got to figure in service. YouTube tutorials, they can take you through all these things. Chain stores have different price uh, tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourself. Rockauto.com, prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than uh, changing prices based on uh, what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an, an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business uh, serving auto parts, uh, auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com. Shop for auto and body parts for hundreds off, manu- uh, from hundreds of manufacturers for hundreds off. Pete, you guys have just—we uh, got time for a quick, short one here. Now, th- this is the beginning now for the fall season in Ohio of Phase Two. Um, are you guys ready to jump into what Phase Two is? Do you go into this with with some trepidation? Um
1: it's it's hard to, hard to, it's hard to really contextualize. Like kids are kids. They're gonna they sort of jump in at and and they don't think twice about it. Um and when you're there you don't I mean we're we're taking precautions, all our coaches wear masks and we try to, you know, keep the numbers down and all that stuff to be as safe as possible. But it's very easy to sort of get caught in this idea that um you know that you're sort of in, in this insulated bubble that um that, that that's not going to you know be disrupted by what's going on and for the most part you know the state of ohio has been okay but obviously recently in the last week or so the number of cases have gone up and i've heard you know disturbing things about you know th- there's a place in ohio called putin bay and and people are basically going up there you know And treating it as if nothing's wrong, uh, and that everything's back to normal, and you know that county uh, is having a spike in cases, not surprisingly. So, um, you know, we're we're trying to tell as much as we can. We tell our players to sort of you know try to be careful and stuff, but it's it's not easy because so many people around them are willing to sort of fall back into these pa- normal behavior patterns and 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 not treat it that way so you know we're trying to stress as much as possible and, and obviously by you know, observing those protocols and trying to be safe and trying to be reasonable with what we're doing um that we're still trying to to hammer that home but you know you're 13 to 18 year old kids at times and, and this is true of kids, but some adults as much as as kids, it, it, it feels like it's not real in some ways until you get it or someone very, very close to you gets it. And that's sort of the area we're at. So we are uh, progressing in what we're doing, but we're... I don't know if I want to say waiting for the other foot to drop, but we're we're nervous like everybody is that something's going to happen and that, you know, we're going to have to shut it down, whether that's, you know, in a week or, you know, that's the second week of the season and we have stuff like this going on and, and, and what, you know, those, those things are going to be like, I mean, the, the thing is like, I, and I don't know, you know, what it is like there, but we don't have, a plan, and I don't know if anyone does, where you know exactly what's going to happen the first day of school. Um, and 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 look, we love football and and everything else, but first and foremost, we're we're, we're dealing with kids who are, are trying to go to school, uh, go to high school, go you know, hopefully prepare for college and and, and try to enjoy what is even resembling a normal year um, that it's very easy to sort of put the cart in front of the horse. I know I've done it at times and, and, and and I, and I do believe that Ohio is going to have high school football. I think our state, again, this week, last week has not been good, but I think in general, our state has been pretty proactive and pretty effective at combating this, but it doesn't take much uh, clearly to where you have to question whether things are going to happen and what, needs to be done to sort of allow everybody to to, to do this and, and get to where we everybody can feel good about you know Friday night and, and everything that means in this state and in and, and our community in particular?
0: Uh it's it's just a process and and the most typical thing is is just for where the kids are. Um you know we've gone through you know basically kids you know losing a half a year of school, losing time with their friends, you know, obviously all the spring sports that were taken away. Um, and, you know, you just yeah, for me, you know, I mean, I was always an athlete in my life. I, I, I feel for these kids. I mean, there's talks here in New Jersey of slowly starting to open things back up. But I mean, I don't know exactly where we are. I have no idea what's going to become of my children come September when they should be going back to school. Um, it's just going to be, a you know, it, it's a wait and see approach. And it would certainly help if, you know, most everybody here was on the same page as far as doing everything they can to try to keep themselves safe safe and in turn keeping though, you know, everybody else safe. So, you know, by making the decision to keep yourself safe, gloves, masks, et cetera, it says that you're showing the same respect for all other mankind and trying to get us hopefully where this is no longer the issue. It is, Uh, this is been, I'm going to put a bow on this here. This has been your Monday edition of Locked on Browns. Uh, Make sure you check everything out. Browns digest, Pete Smith, uh, Brandon Little uh, and Sean doing a fantastic job over there. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns. You guys know that. Follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there as well. Uh, anything league wise, make sure you check it in the Locked On NFL podcast. Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson do a fantastic job taking you there. Get a, get a you know, get, going to get the vantage point from, you know, 32 NFL cities and teams as far as, you know, information and obviously all this COVID and that type of stuff as well here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Mound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.